this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Expand. Why don't we pray? Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come and worship you. Lord, we thank you for your anointing and your blessing over this congregation. We thank you for your Ten Commandments. We thank you for your guidance in your life, your word living and breathing into our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing here and your blessing. Amen. Good morning. So, we're going through Ten Commandments. We are on the fifth one. And so let's, uh, let's crack straight into it, because today's going to be right into uh, the, the fifth commandment. And so we'll read from Exodus 20.12. And it says, Honour your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. How good. So, let's just address the elephant in the room on this one. Um, my parents are the pastors here, and I didn't write the schedule for this uh, Ten Commandments thing. I didn't put my hand up for this one, uh, but someone did, and I don't know if it was them or if it was my sister who was just up. Um, Eleanor's like, you can take that one. It was? It was them. Okay. Well, anyway, it's going to be fun. Because I'm going to be talking about honouring your parents, and they aren't here. So this is a really interesting sort of challenge for me as well, in how, how I really go about this. So anyway, you can enjoy how I navigate this one. But, um, but it is interesting, this, um, this, this uh, scripture, it's the first commandment that's actually human-centred. Uh, it's the first one that's focused on your relationships with other people. Because so, you may remember, if everyone remembers the other four up to leading up to this, I'm assuming you can. So remember, it's like, don't have other gods, no idols, don't swear, um, go to church on Sunday, roughly. Um, but this one is honour your parents. So they're all about God and your relationship with God. And then this one is your relationship with other people. And it's, interestingly, before, you know, a uh, bit of a sneak preview to next week, uh, don't murder, that comes up after this. So it's like, before that is... Honour your parents. It's also the only one that has uh, like a promise after it. It says, honour your father and mother. And then you will live a long, full life in the land of God is giving you. So it's the only one that actually has a promise attached to it. It's like, and this is why. The other ones are just like, don't murder. Moving on. Uh, Honour God. It's like, okay, yeah, I get it. But this one actually has an explanation within the commandment itself. So uh, today I want to go through like, what is it? What does honouring your parents mean? What does it mean in the context of the Bible and the Old Testament? Um, and then I want to go, well, why should we do this? It's, it is built into the scripture. That, let's expand on that and understand, like, what's the, the reason why this is in there? Why is it the first one about uh, when it comes to, you know, interacting with other people? And then how do we do it? And that's going to be the crux here because, uh, you know, it's all very well to hear about the reasons why you should and what it is, but then doing it is, you know, it's the hardest part particularly with 
like, obviously, no parent is perfect. Uh, everyone's imperfect, and some more than others, and some less than others. So it might be really challenging to honor your parents. They may not be Christians. They may not be perfect people. That They're definitely not perfect people. Um, and you may be a parent yourself thinking, well, you know, my kid's got to honor me and all this. But um, So I want to dive into that. Um, it's also interesting, I think, to, to recognize that across the Ten Commandments, it doesn't have parents love your children, you know, parents honor your children. It's, that's, that's almost, it's just built into our, into our psyche already. It's, it's something that should be natural to do, but it's the other way around that is the real you know, commandment that you must intentionally consider and intentionally do because it might be easier to do the opposite and resent your parents and get frustrated with them and don't talk to them and, and, uh, and other authority figures in your life, so to speak. So what is honour in this context? Um, the, the Bible uses the word honour as like a really public, like we are honouring this person. It's, a, it's, it's regarding them with respect and, and, and empowering those people and, and recognising that we are recognising this person as an honourable person, as we are honouring them. It's something that you do. Um, and then this particular uh, this point about honouring your parents is taken really seriously uh, in the Old Testament. And you may be shocked to learn that they generally had uh, pretty harsh punishments for these. Um, if, if a kid uh, struck their parents, that was in the Old Testament. That was your, your death. Um, you'd get you know, put out. Um, if you were even persistently disobedient, um, they would be brought before the elders and generally, uh, if it was accurate and it was really bad, again, stoned and you're gone. Um, so, really serious. Um, and so, like, that seems almost too severe. A lot of things in the Old Testament do, actually. Um, but it's more than just uh, honouring your parents. It's about the honour of authority. And God's creation of the family unit is, is the first extension of that in the human realm. Is about honouring God as an extension. And it's more than just the rules. It's more than just about, well, my parents, you know, they make me go to bed at this time when you're a kid. And then in later life, you know, honouring your parents as you live your own life and they're, you know, helping you be grandparents or beyond that. Um, it's more than just rules. And uh, because rules can be, at times, a little silly. And I personally have a lot of experience with really silly rules. And you're all going to think, is this going to be a story about Chris and Ruth? Uh, no, it's not. Um, no, my first experience with really silly rules, uh, after growing up, I joined the army and then... Right when you join the army, you go through basic training. And I actually did it twice because I had so much fun the first time around. Um, I went through as a soldier, as like a grunt, basically. Uh, and then I went through again when I decided to be an officer. And they were very different, um, different sort of focuses. But when I went through as a grunt the first time, it was particular, particular emphasis on just following rules. And I remember my very first experience. I got on the bus in Newcastle. And, um, yep, we're off to the army, see ya. I was 18, straight after high school, a couple of months after high school, and they shipped us down to uh, Kapuka, which is at Wagga Wagga. And I remember suitcase, and you get off the bus, and I go, right, everyone get into that building. So I go, okay, get my suitcase, start walking over to this building, and then, like, I, I literally, I think technically I was in the army at that stage, like you sign, or I don't know, but 
if I had been in the army, I don't know where the line is, but less than a day and hadn't put a uniform on yet, hadn't even had the haircut, nothing. Um, I'm walking into this building. I just hear, stop. I'm like, whoa, get off the grass. And I had walked across the lawn. And apparently that's a thing you're not supposed to do in the army. Um, so great example is this courtyard is you've got the nice grass and the sort of the footpath. You can't walk on the grass. You cannot. Actually, yeah, please don't walk on the grass at the moment. It's regrowing. But, um, but like, you can't, just can't do it. No one told me that. I was expected somehow to know that. But then the problem was at this stage, I'm halfway across the lawn. So I'm sort of committed. I can't just bounce off. So do I just keep going to the building and go, oh, sorry, or do I go backwards? I'm also kind of have a suitcase thing, so I, I kind of went halfway and actually went sideways, which was way longer. And so I'm like, sorry, I'm like, what? And then other people that were about to step on the grass are like, what? He's going that way? Okay, we'll go all the way around then. And like, very weird. But basic training is full of super weird rules that you just cannot believe. Like how you fold your socks and then put them in your cupboard, uh, has to have a perfect smiley face. It had to be 20 centimetres by 10 centimetres, and the gap between each sock had to be measured as well. Um, and there was like a little test. If they nudged it, it couldn't be too round. It had to be kind of as square as you could make your socks. And so, anyway, that was just the socks. There's also the T-shirts had to be 30, 30 centimetres, so I cut out like a piece of cardboard, then I could perfectly fold the T-shirts around the cardboard and then stack them perfectly. And the width of the T-shirts as you stack them had to be the perfect same width as well. They couldn't be different, so make sure that's right. Um, How you walked in the hallway, you had to walk in a certain way. Um, You had to speak in a certain way. You had to get up every morning with the sheet over your shoulder and yell your number. So it was like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, two, all the way around. And if one person missed it, it would go again. Why is that guy sleeping in? Um, And it was like, just for fun, they'd be like, now do it backwards. Oh, you stuffed it up. It's like, yeah, of course we did. We had no idea what we're doing. Um, Doing your bed every morning had to be they didn't give like the elastic sheet things. It was just like a regular sheet folded over. And they're like, okay, but that's, yeah, fine. Like living in the 70s or whatever, but like, that's cool. But now make the corner where you fold the shit in, like they call it hospital corners, has to be 45 degrees. Exactly. As in, we are going to get a protractor and measure it. That's 50 degrees. Rip the sheet off. We're coming back in two minutes. Do it again. And you'd be like, ah, and quickly do it again. And, um, and so you'd be like putting a ruler in there and like perfectly folding it down. And then like if there was an actual inspection, I, I'm not joking. I remember getting my iron and ironing my bed sheet so that it was perfectly crisp. And then spraying starch on it as well. So it would be like crisp, like crazy levels of rules. And like obviously they're not real. those specific rules are not applicable. They're not helpful anywhere else. Like um, my wife is like, how are you capable of doing that? And yet I live in this, this stupid, like, you, what do you mean you used to do that? Like, I'm serious. Like, um, anyway, um, but the rules got progressively more important. So because it was these dumb rules for a week and running around and yelling. And then I was like, okay, now we're going to teach you to pick up your rifle. That was a fun lesson I learned twice as well. It's like, pick it up. Okay, now put it down. 
pick it up this way. Don't pick it up that way. Like, specific. And then it was obviously how to walk with your rifle. Then obviously you get down to it, how to shoot with it. Then how to run and shoot with it. Now how to run and shoot at night time. And then how to run and shoot at night time with other people as they're shooting in front of you. And then it was like, okay, and now here's a grenade. How to throw that. So like very quickly, the rules that you're learning like ramped up very, very quickly. And to the point where it's like, okay, now you've got rifles, grenades. You've got a rocket launcher. Um, you've got a grenade launcher at night. We're in armoured vehicles. Let's go. And that was like six months later. So the rules got really extreme. <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot of rules around how that, that they do that, and it takes a lot of time. But the point at the start of learning these dumb rules was just to learn the respect for authority. It, wasn't a, it didn't matter, like, really, if your socks were perfect. It was if you have the attention to detail when it comes to being told what you do because it was so important to do what you were told to the level that it was you know, would affect other people's safety if you couldn't trust them. If you can't fold your sock the right way, we're not going to trust you to pick up a grenade and throw it next to your mate. It was really important to know that authority was, was absolutely had to be adhered to. And so in Malachi 1.6 it says, A son honours his father and a, servant, and a servant his master. If then am I the father, where is my honour? And if I am the master, where is my fear? Because um, really what the Bible is saying as an extension of honouring your parents is the first step to being fruitful and successful in your life is that you need to honour God-placed authority in your life. And the parents are the first example of God-placed authority in your life. And they continue to be. But as you grow and you go into the world, there is other examples of authority that's been placed in your life by God that you should honour. And they may not be Christian. I don't think any of my um, instructors at basic training were Christian by any means. Um, but, but that was still placed by God because if I didn't listen to them, I would, I would have got hurt. I would have done some really dumb things. It was like, no, no, you want to be good at this job? You will listen to those people. You have to be. And God has placed people in your life. Your parents are the first of those. Then your pastors, and then your connect group leaders, and then your work leaders, and maybe your cousins, and whatever relationships you have, that people that have a level of authority that you should honour, that it is actually intentional for you to go, oh, I'm a, that person's got something that I should learn, I should listen to that person when it comes to that part of their life. Um, and not every part of your life, about everything, um, but certainly areas of your life where you need to recognise and honour people, and honour that God has placed authority over us in, cer- in circumstances. So, uh, why should we do it? It says in the scripture, the Exodus scripture, right at the start, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So it's the first scripture with a promise. When we honour our parents and you honour authority, we actually receive the blessing that is on them, on us but amplified. You honour someone's wisdom and you'll, you'll get that wisdom. You honour someone's um, work ethic, you'll receive a work ethic amplified of that. You, you honour any part of someone's life, good or bad, you're going to get that part on your life. So be careful because don't honour the wrong thing. You honour celebrities and all you care about is social media and, in, and influencers or whatever it is. You're going to be replicating those things. You're going to start doing those things. You're going to amplify the bad aspects of that. So 
Honour the God-placed authority in your life. Recognise where God has put authority in your life and honour that. Um, you know, I got a really good example of this because I grew up, uh, luckily knowing all my grandparents, and I remember my grandfather on my dad's side um, was a retired Air Force pilot. Um, and so I grew up just very aware that he was this like super switched on, very smart uh, guy. Um, obviously, I didn't know him when he was in the Air Force. He was retired, um, and he's passed now. And but my parents honoured him. We you know spoke about him like, wow, yeah, he's this super legit Air Force pilot, and he used to do all crazy things. And so I grew up like honouring this guy. Like he was wow, and he was a very you know stern military character, and. By no means, as, especially as I grew up, I knew that he was not a perfect person at all. But my parents, and it would have been easy for my parents to go, he's just a bit tricky, was, you know, whatever, just keep our distance. But we would go there and we would honour him. And I really think that that had a huge influence and impact in my own military career, where I was like, wow, like, that's something to aspire to, that's amazing, um, and honoured that and, and led me and influenced me in its own way to join the military and, and do pretty well as well. I wasn't a pilot, I was just a grunt. But um, in my own way, I think that really influenced me. So I saw my parents honouring um, their parents and, and so I learned to do the same. And that blessing was amplified on me. We, we need to learn that, you know, why are we honouring our parents? Why do we honour authority? Is that we sometimes learn the hard way and you can see it with children, but definitely as adults, it's 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 generally always going to be learned the hard way that rules are in place to protect us. You know, these Ten Commandments are here to protect us. They're not to necessarily, like, impose anything on us. There's no, there's no court system. There's nothing that's going to come down if you don't do any of these. Um, you're not going to get charged. The, the Christian police aren't coming in and be like, bang, you say, oh my, did you say it? Did you? Right? That's it. Ten years, you're on exile, Nothing. There's, there's, no, there's nothing in the world consequential to this, but they're here to protect us and bring us closer to God. And what, the key here is that authority in the world is all given by God. God has control over the world and the universe, and he gives authority over, over it and, and delegates that to some people. But it all comes back to God's authority. And so... The way that he's structured our, our human society to have levels of authority, that's God's design. And so it's, it's part of us to recognize and honor that, even if they're flawed and imperfect and to, even to the degree where it's um, you know, difficult, all authority is, is, is worthy of honor. Um, so obviously there's going to be examples where that is you shouldn't be doing exactly what you're told. Um, you know, you're getting told to do something that isn't Christian and, you know, your parents might not be Christian or your workplace isn't Christian and asking you to do things that aren't, don't align. And it's good to recognise that. Uh, the military has, you know, you would think in the military like that is an absolute do-as-you-told, full-stop uh, environment, which to the large part it is. But the law is, the military law, um, so none of you are under that law and I'm only under that law when I put my uniform on, thankfully now, uh, but is that you have to follow a lawful general order. So if the order is not lawful, then you are not just, you shouldn't, but you are obligated not to follow it. Even as the lowest soldier, some general tells you to commit a war crime, you are obligated to not follow that law. So the whole like, I was just doing as, my t- I, was doing as I, to- I was told, that doesn't hold up even in the military, where they're like, that's the most strenuous, crazy authority like you could think of in society 
in, this, in the current day and age. So it's important for us to recognise when God is not in that authority and that there is, you know, things being passed down. You're like, that's, that's not right. I'm not going to do that because it's God's authority that I ultimately adhere to. Yeah? You know, we now have this opportunity. This is obviously Old Testament. The, the conversation back then and to getting into the, okay, well, what's, a, what's an order that, you know, isn't endorsed by God and what isn't? It's, that's kind of Old Testament thinking, like, about what is good, what should I do, you have to do this on this day, do that on that day, it's all rules and legals, but now, after Jesus has come, you know, we took communion to recognise God's grace, that it's, it's more about who is good, and that the answer is God and Jesus. We align ourselves with God and Jesus, because that's the ultimate authority now in our lives, that we have that direct access, there's not layers of... Um, Old Testament sort of bureaucracy. It's you come to church and you you are right in God's anointing presence right here. It's not separated from us. We have Jesus come, who has given His life and given us that direct access to the ultimate authority. So align your life with God's authority. Align your life with His love, His grace, and you will live a fruitful life um, in in the promise that God has given us. We honor our parents because God is good. We honor our parents. We're not just honoring Him. Uh, our parents, we are honouring God. We are honouring God through recognising and honouring authority. So how are we going about it? The absolute simplest way on this one is, uh, is in Ephesians. And it just says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is right. Great. That's easy. Um, and that's simple enough when you're a child. Um, but honouring them into adulthood is, is not as simple, you know. You're living separate lives. Your parents may not be perfect. Um, and I personally am lucky that honouring my parents is generally quite easy. They are really great parents. But it may not be your, the case for you. It can be really tough. Um, so if I'm going back to um, an example I had in, in basic training, uh, you, you're broken into... The military structure works all the way down from army all the way down into sections. Sections are about 10 soldiers. You've got a section commander, a corporal, and, um, and so within a platoon. And so we're outfield and we're sitting down. I think it was late at night, so it was kind of it was dusk. It was kind of darkish. And this, um, there was this one corporal and he was crazy. He was just an absolute nut job. He would just yell. He, he definitely had small man syndrome, um, in a bad way. He was just absolutely fiery, man. He was so wild. And anyway, he thankfully was not my section commander, but he would deliver lessons to the platoon as a group. And I remember we're sitting down and we're outfield, so we'd been digging um, pits, uh, like like trenches to basically sleep in. And, uh, and we're just sweaty and gross and sitting in the dirt. And he walks up to us and I was like, oh, why is he walking up to us? He's not our secco. What's, what's he doing? And he goes, what are you guys doing? Um, just taking a break, Corporal. And our section commander was not there. I don't know where he was at the time. He was just taking a break, Corporal. And he goes, and I've literally never seen anyone to this day absolutely lose it more than this guy. He absolutely lost it. Like, what are you doing? Just taking a break, Corporal. What the... And he, he had his rifle and he threw his rifle on the ground as hard as he could. Thankfully, it wasn't loaded. Um... He literally, like, literally just like, what the? 
F, are you ever kidding me? And he's kicking and he's yelling and screeching. He took his, like, you wear kind of like, uh, like body armor. It's called webbing. It's like a belt with all your ammo and stuff. He took it off, like, in a fit of rage. He was so angry. And we're all just like, where has this come from? Like, what? I haven't spoken to this corporal in, like, days. Like, I haven't even seen him. He just came up and lost it. And so we're all just sitting there just like, whoa. Like, I... Still, I just cannot believe how much he spat the dummy. Anyway, and at the same time, one of the guys in the section, you all have to take tones on the radio. And so the radio, come, someone come up here and he goes, oh, um, hey, Jono, you've got to go up to headquarters. Like kind of whispers it because we don't want to like get interrupted by this guy, but headquarters kind of overrides him. So it's like, hey, hey Jono, you've got to go up to headquarters. And the guy goes, what did you just say? Um, Private Johnson has to go up to headquarters, Corporal. Who? Private Johnson. Private Johnson? Wait. What section is this? It's two section, Corporal. Two sec. Oh. Oh, sorry. This. Oh, I thought you were my section. All right. And just walks off. We were just like, <laughs> we're all like shaking. Like, because he had told his section, like, hey, make sure you clean up or make sure you're cleaning your rifles. He told his section something, walked, o- walked up and walked back in the dark and just saw his section just lying around and just flipped. Absolutely flipped. Anyway, and so we're all kind of like half traumatized. Our, our actual secco walks up and he's like, what's going on? We're like, nothing, nothing. Like, don't snitch. It'll make it worse. You'll kill us. Anyway, um, <laughs> But the thing that I recognised was, and the other section commanders spoke about it, we, when we were at the range, they would all go, oh, that guy, I still remember his name, Corporal McCall. They would all say, oh, Corporal, Corporal McCaw. Yeah, I know, anyway. I don't even remember his first name because you, just, you never saw it or said it. Anyway, um, they'd all say, oh, he's the best shot. Yeah, he's, he's by far the best shot. And, um, and so when you're at the range, they'd have like all the instructors, all the corporals and sergeants and lieutenants kind of on the different lanes at the range and you could line up and then you'd do your testing and your training. And I remember his line was always the shortest because everyone's like, don't want to line up with that guy. He'll shoot me. Um, but I just remember thinking, well, he's the best shot, so I'll learn off him, even though he is crazy. Um, anyway, and so I'd always... And B, shortest line meant get to shoot first and then I'd get the best lunch when uh, the boxes came out. So it was a double whammy. Um, it was, but I remember he actually was the best coach by a mile. He, he was crazy, but he knew how to shoot a rifle. And so I remember I was absolutely nailing it. And so at the end of basic training, I came second in the platoon for best shot. Didn't come first. I was like, ah, do um, But the guy who came first was also used to always go to him as well. Um, because I recognised he's crazy. Recognise that. I'm not going to him for um, how to act in a social setting or discipline. <laughs> but I'm honouring his ability to shoot this rifle because he's got something Because every person, no matter how garbage they are, no matter how crazy they are, no matter how difficult, no matter how problematic they might be, everyone on this earth was designed by God. Everyone who has ever been born is a creation of God. And they do have value. Someone, no matter how messed up they are, has something worth honouring. It may be small, it may be absolutely just compounded by the mess they've made of their lives, but everyone has something that is worth honouring. Your parents people in authority, your friends, they have something that you can learn from, no matter how small it is. Or if you're lucky, it might be a lot. And remember, you honour that thing, you get that. You get the blessing of that, but amplified. But the first step of it is to recognise that you can learn something from anyone and everyone. 
really take a moment and then think of your parents, think of someone in authority that you know, it might be your boss at work, it might be you know, anyone, it might, it might even be the prime minister, it might be anyone. Think of them, and it's very easy to quick, right, oh, their flaws, like they're impatient, they do this, but genuinely think, what is something that I can learn from them? What is something that is worth honouring? Really take a moment to think about that. Because sometimes the lesson itself, it may be, it, there may not be many things, but sometimes the lesson is respect. Like that you become a respectful, humble and teachable person. Anyone who's ever been a manager in any workplace just values that one person who is just teachable. Yeah, like they may not even be the best. I mean, there's actual teachers here as well, of students. Like, they may not be the smartest. They may not be the best person on the sports field. They may not be like the, the whiz at work that gets everything done. Uh, but if the teachable people are so valuable, even the people who like, I've so many examples of someone who is so talented and so great at what they do and they are just so difficult and frustrating to work with that they're actually like not as, not as valuable in the long run than someone who may not be as talented but they're just teachable and they listen and do what they ha- they want to do uh, because ultimately being teachable and being humble is part of honoring your parents being able to honor your parents being able to honor authority recognizing that and being teachable um, you know a great examples in the bible with uh, of someone recognizing god's authority recognizing someone to honor them is um is king david before he was king david um but after goliath um, where the current king Saul was trying to kill him because he's like, this young upstart's going to be the king. I don't like this. And David had an opportunity at one point to kill him. He read through in, in 1 Samuel. Um, he spared his life. He went, you know what? He's still the king. God anointed him. I'm out. I'll just, I'll just let it play. He recognized that even though Saul was literally trying to kill him, uh, probably a maniac, he still went, you know what? No, that's God's authority. I'm, I'm going re- to honor that. And it, and it, you know, paid off. King David became easily the most successful king in the Bible for the, for the um, Israelites. Like, it's like, he's like the gold standard of being a king. Every other king after that, you're like, come on, God, just like, be like David. It's like frustrating to read. They're just, but King David was just the absolute gold standard. And it started with him honoring authority. Even when it was Really, really flawed, like really bad. I mean, if you've got a work boss that is literally trying to kill you, I wouldn't recommend you stay there. But he, in this context, was like, I'm honoring that still. And so I want to finish, you know, uh, I have the, you know, the blessing of having parents that I, I genuinely do honor. And that's not to say I found it frustrating at times growing up. I remember I mentioned I finished high school and joined the army a few months later. And you would expect, you know, you just kind of, what do you do then? Well, I was like 18, just do a couple of shifts at Coles, whatever. Uh, no, you will not, uh, said my dad. You are going to go work as a labourer on a construction site. Um, just, uh, why? But anyway. Um, but it was good because I, I learned work ethic is sometimes, not. it's not about like, well, you, do you need more money? It's like, no. But the work ethic immediately was something to be honoured and valued and certainly paid off in the army where you need a decent work ethic. Um, I still honour my parents. I, the whole time through the army, even when I was living away, I'd always be checking in and i always looking to honour them and understand like, wow, they seem to have got their life right in so many ways. Like, I would also like to have that. Um, how did you do that? 
Um, what should I do with the circumstances that you've already faced? And it's really paid off. I genuinely have a life that I'm so happy with. It's not without its challenges, but uh, I've, I really feel that honouring my parents is the first step of ultimately honouring God. I obviously maintained being a Christian despite moving around and moving churches. That was the one consistent. I'm just going to keep honouring God through all the Ten Commandments, aligning with those. I'm going to keep going to church, going to keep tithing, going to keep making sure I recognise God's grace in my life. And it thankfully has paid off. So if we get the band up, I want to encourage you all to keep honouring your parents, no matter where you are in life. And, and understand that, you know, particularly if you've got kids now who are, you know, looking to you, that they're going to see the honour that you put on your parents and authority, and they'll mirror that. Havelock the other day, he... <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to understand he's really mirroring me because I was, I was telling him off for something, and he goes, Daddy, chill out. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I will be at the level of chill that I determine, <laughs> all right? <laughs> and no one else can dictate that, all right? But I'm like... Darn it, he got that from me. He's heard me say, have a look, chill out. All right? And he's like, oh, okay, is that something you'll use? Daddy, chill out. All right? So if you've got your kids who are just like mucking about or you don't understand why your peers are or you've got you know, subordinates at work mucking around and not honouring your authority, maybe reflect on how you honour authority. Maybe your relationship with your parents is good, but you go home and complain about your boss and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll just do what I want at school then. Maybe I'll, you know... Tell everyone to chill out, even though I shouldn't. Like, whatever it is, honouring God and honouring authority in, in, in your life is, is setting an example. It's setting an example for your children, your friends around you. They'll, they'll recognise if you're a you know, humble person, if you're teachable, if you just oh, you can't deal with them, don't worry about it. Yeah? Be a teachable person. Honour God through honouring your parents. Honour authority recognize when God has placed that in your life and learn from it. You learn from that, you honor it. doesn't matter how flawed that person may be. They are something there that you can learn from and you can honor and, and get into your life. Amen? All right, let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for your authority over the world. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you that you have placed people in our lives We've placed wisdom, you've placed blessing, you've placed prosperity, you've placed it all in our lives, Lord, and it's up to us, Lord, to grasp that. Help us recognize, Lord, the people in our lives to learn from. We thank you, Lord, for your honor and blessing, and we thank you ultimately for sending your son, Jesus. We thank you for God's grace, your grace, God, and for sending your son to enable us to access the ultimate authority, your anointing, And your guidance, Lord, is direct to us, Lord. And we thank you for that. We humble ourselves before you and recognize, Lord, that you are the one true Lord. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.